I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey everyone, we're here to discuss the great episode four. We've got some crazy elements going on here involving a horse, <laughs> among other things. So we're gonna dive in, we're gonna talk all about it. With me today, we have Tatiana, our lover of period pieces. Hi, Tatiana. Hey guys, how's it going? And we've got Cody, our resident revolutionary. Hey, hey. <laughs> and last but not least, we've got Tori, our empress. Yes. Hey, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am so excited to be back here. Um, we, we, we've got to dive in and talk about Catherine and Leo first, because obviously episode three, we had a lot of Catherine's uncertainty in terms of how she felt about taking on a lover. Episode four, by the time we get here, she is all for it. Tatiana, what did you think of this opening? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, uh, <laughs> breathless, drawn in, <laughs> um, all of those things there. I, I, I really like Leo. I really do. I think he is a huge distraction, um, considering that she has so much to do with her plan and she literally blows off her plan and is late to their secret meetings so that she can spend bedtime with Leo. So I get it, but at the same time, it makes me question, it makes me question him. And um, Cody, what did, what do you think about Leo? Do you, do you question him or do you think that uh, this is gonna end up with him actually being a really strong ally? Um, I think he has, much much potential <laughs> to be a strong ally. However, I do agree with Tatiana. He is a huge distraction. And I actually think, I it just, the thing is I, I like them so much together that I can't imagine it going well. And we already seen this episode that um, Peter is preemptively jealous of them already. And I think he's, I, I used to think that Leo was going to betray Catherine, but I actually think he is going to end up hurting her because I think Peter's probably just going to murder her. <laughs> so him, him. him not oh her. snap! You think I... Peter's going to murder Leo? Leo. Okay, I just wanted to. I just wanted to backtrack, make sure. That's I know what you my, said. I messed up my pronouns. <laughs> I was like, dang. Okay. So my thing is, I don't think that Leo's going to be trustworthy in the end. I think he does care about her but I get the feeling that he is going to be won over based upon who is in power. And I think that Peter is going to use that to his advantage to get Leo to do things that go against Catherine. So I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about it. I do like them together, but I'm worried that she's, Catherine's gonna put too much trust in him. Tori, what do you think? Are, are you pro-Leo, neutral about Leo, anti-Leo? Um, so I think we all agree that he's definitely, definitely a distraction, but I'm kind of on the fence on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. One, because he is a distraction from her marriage that isn't really ideal. Um, her and Peter don't really get along romantically, so I think he's a good distraction in terms of just like getting her away from her marriage, but he definitely is a distraction when it comes to her overall plan and what her mission is. So it's like, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, I like that she's able to not really have to stress about how her marriage is going on the state of her marriage she kind of was able to escape that but on the other hand like girl we have business to do and you can't be missing meetings 
if you want things to be in motion. So, um, yeah, I definitely have my eye on him. I'm not really sure what's going to happen, what team he's going to end up playing for, but I definitely agree that he's a big distraction right now. Yeah. I'm just going to, sorry. I didn't realize that his family had lived in the castle before. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. Yeah. It was new information. I didn't realize that. And I feel like for me that added on to, um, motivation for him to like get a certain status back or like get back in the castle of some sorts. Like I had no idea that he lived there before. See, and my thing is with Leo, I think he knows how to play the game. And I think he knows if he he tells Catherine, hey, I'm falling for you. I think he understands. One, I don't buy that he was a virgin. I'm sorry, but I think that was a lie to play into Catherine and to manipulate her. So, but also, even if he was, like, I still think that he's playing into what he knows will win her over. And that specifically, Peter picked someone like Leo, who is educated, who is interested or seemingly interested in words and the same types of things. But I am very worried that Leo is just going to turn around and it's going to, it literally is going to turn into this situation where Leo was planted by Peter uh, more, like, obviously... Obviously, Peter's the one who found Leo, but I think it's going to turn out that Leo is more on Peter's side than what we're seeing right now. Um, And I do, I know like at one point, Orla was even questioning her if she was going to be too distracted to be involved with this anymore. Um, And I think that he, Orlo, has a very valid point and that this this union will become, will prove very disastrous uh, for Catherine and for what she's trying to fight for. So yeah, that's, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I like that we, I'm sorry, I have a dog in the, <laughs> I like that we started with Catherine and ended with Catherine and Leo and that we got it kind of like bookended. So let's talk about everything else that was going on in between. And I'm sorry, my dog. <laughs> um, we welcome dogs here. It's okay. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not upset. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, everyone, this is Daisy. She wanted to be on camera today. So here she is. Um, okay. So we have everything with Catherine and Leo. Well, we can kind of touch back on them maybe a little bit at the end. Um, but in the meantime, we also had everything going on with Catherine and the ladies of the court. So Tatiana, how did you feel about Catherine's, um, what she was trying to do to get back in favor with them? (laughs) I mean, first I was like, I I, I thought in the very beginning that she was going about it the wrong way um, because it did kind of seem like she was pleading with them to get in their back in their good graces. Um, So she had to play smart. And I definitely think that's where the aunt came into play who was Mm. so weird She's so weird, but she has the best advice and has really helped Catherine uh, navigate her way through this world that they've created inside of this, you know, um, in the walls of the castle. So I, I think that it was very good of her to take her advice and formulate this plan to show that she could govern them and not necessarily try to be their friend. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing is that she is very quirky. Um, She is off the wall, but it's very, I feel like with the aunt, and we've talked a lot about a lot about this on the show where people are doing things specifically because they were brought up to be a certain way and that they are a product of their society. Well, with the aunt, I feel like she is someone that Catherine can trust, but maybe not in the same way as Orlo or Marielle, Um, but in a different type of way, her, the aunt is an ally. Cody, what do you think? Um, how do you feel about 
the scene in particular um, with Catherine going to the tea party. Let's talk about that. Um, well, the second she got that invitation, I was like, well, this is a trap. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and the whole thing with the eggs, yeah. I was like, oh, I see what she's doing. But like, these ladies are all friends. Like, that's going to backfire in two seconds. And then she goes and it was and it was a trap. It was so clearly a trap. And she she did help hold her own. She didn't like I mean, obviously it was upsetting, but she didn't let it get to her in the presence of all the ladies. Like she didn't lose mm -hmm. face. So she's a tough gal. But um these ladies I, I said it before, these ladies are wolves and <laughs> and it's Catherine's she's she's figuring it out, but slowly but surely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, it was very hard to watch that moment. Yeah, yeah, it was it was so hard, especially with um, what they said about Peter and how Peter really did not care about her, which is true. Though she couldn't yeah. argue about it. Tori, I, I can see that you have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, listen. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple things wrong on both ends. Now, Cody, you already mentioned the eggs. First of all, if you're trying to win me back, don't give me the same gift that you gave three other people. Yeah, every, like you said, Cody, we're exactly. all friends, so I don't understand why she thought. And I really thought that she was going to give them like all separate gifts. But when I saw that they were all getting an egg, I was like, okay, this is definitely going to backfire. Because one, even if they did kind of take the bait, the minute they go back to the rest of their friends, they're going to say, oh, like, yeah, Catherine gave me an egg. No, nope. she gave me an egg too. <laughs> that like overall initial excitement is already done so I was like girl that is not how you do anything especially when you're talking about fashion forward people who take pride in like having things that other people don't have you know what I mean like you don't want to give them all the same thing because that kind that's kind of like everybody got the same gift bag type thing and that doesn't yeah. make anybody feel special number one but when she got to, to the tea party, I definitely thought it was a trap. Like, it was pretty obvious that it was a trap. Nobody goes from hating you to loving you overnight. Like, it's, it's going to take more than an egg. But then when they got there, when the party started to commence and they started, you know, pushing her around in this dance, she was better than me. Because the first kick would have been, I would have exited the circle. Yeah. Now, and that's yeah. how I kind of feel like. A part of me sometimes, like, I understand just kind of, like, taking it and not saying anything. But, baby, the first, the first kick, I would say, I don't know what type of games y'all are playing, but best believe I can play it better. So, if you, we can handle yeah. this easy type of way. But I'm not about to sit here and let you push me around. I'm dizzy. You just slapped me. My nose is bleeding. We're not getting to that point. So, I kind of wish that, like, Catherine held her own in that moment because, I don't know, it just didn't. I don't know about you guys, but if somebody is deliberately like pushing you, hitting you, slapping you in your face, I don't care if it's the dance or not. I'm not just about to sit around and take it. And I didn't really take her for somebody that sits around and takes it. And a part of me, it was like the egg plus yeah. that just kind of made it seem like she was like desperate for their attention. And I said, girl, you are the empress. We are not mm -hmm. desperate for anybody's attention, not even the empress. So mm -hmm. my thing is, it, it, it irked me that she would even want to get back in their into their good graces because of what happened in episode three. If you do that to one of the women of the court where you publicly humiliate them, you have openly declared war on them mm -hmm. in, in that sort of way. So mm -hmm. to go from episode three where she you know, pulled that prank on her and had her show up in the rug patterned dress. And then to go into four and say, okay, well, you know, I understand, you know, politically, I need to get back into their good graces. I get that rationale, but the way that Catherine went about it and expected it to be so quick, 
I was like, okay, no, this is not going to go the way that you think it's going to, to be. This is not going to work in your favor. She, yeah. I feel like Catherine should have handled it a little more cleverly as they were, you know, so they were very, you know, that was like the word of, I think it was episode three where they kept mm -hmm. saying they were going to be clever about things. So I did yeah. not feel that her, her, the way that she handled it, her tactics were not very clever. And for her to go to this tea party without backup, I think was not the smartest move. Yeah. And I know we talked about this, like in the previous episode, just about how the simple prank, like, yeah, was funny. And it was like that instant satisfaction. But at the same time, Orlo was right that sometimes you do have to put that to the back burner to be two or three steps ahead. And now right. she's kind of playing catch up. Because like you said, Rachel, if you're going to make that bold of a statement and draw that line in the sand, you kind of have to stand on it. And so for her to go back and then hit uh, Muriel in front of them after she got back at her for calling the guards, it's kind of like, okay, now you're not really seen as loyal. You're just seen as like, I guess like wishy-washy or just yeah. kind of like go with the flow. And so I definitely agree with you, Rachel, even though it was like, okay, you want to get back at her. It just wasn't the right move in the long run. Yeah. But I, I also think that she, that she was really, um, her disposition changes now that she's with Leo. So that, you know, fantasized romance and that cheery girl who was always a positive and looking, you know, with rose colored glasses that once was when she first came, it was like disappeared. And now that she's with Leo, we see that coming back in bits and pieces. And so she literally was in bed with Leo and then came and went to this thing and was like, or not went to the tea party, but um, decided that she was going to make them like her. Yeah. So it's like, after she's with Leo, it's kind of, she's back in that like rose colored glasses. Everything's gonna be fine. Mm. I'm gonna make them like me. And it's just, like, it's it's more than just, being with him is more than just a distraction. It's totally changing her outlook yeah. on things or point of view on things. And then I have she a did question for you guys. Yeah. Was was anybody else surprised that the person that she chose to humiliate out of the ladies wasn't um wasn't Georgina after she saw because you know like she, she at um, that point when she was humiliating her she was kind of in this like this fairy tale like I want my wedding I mean my marriage to be this and like I'm going to come in and change these rules and so I know I was kind of taken aback that after seeing her after seeing Georgina in the bed with her husband that she wouldn't go after her and she went over after someone that I felt like wasn't the best target I don't know I just wanted to know See, you guys opinion my okay my thought is she went after the person I thought she was going to go after mm -hmm. Georgina I don't see her as the main threat because Catherine really does not care who Peter's sleeping with she has no love for him and so anymore I don't, yeah I mean we can argue that in the very beginning she tried but mm -hmm. I never I don't think it was ever real and very quickly she learned that he's you know POS so she wasn't going to she that whatever she thought she was feeling in the beginning didn't last long and at this point I don't think she cares who Peter is sleeping with. And Georgina, I don't see her as being the number one caddy person toward her. It's always been Lady Svenska. So mm -hmm. I think that she went after exactly the person, like the number one mean girl. But Cody, how do you feel about this? Um, Georgina's the the one that I'm getting these ladies mixed up. And then I feel like I'm mishearing their names so, all the time. But Georgina, Gregor's wife. She's the okay. one sleeping with Peter. Yeah. Um, the, I think the, she is like low key, like on uh, Catherine's side. Like she yeah. is definitely yeah. like super. Now I like, feel like she is. Yeah. Like, yeah. We were, we were very hesitant. I was very hesitant about her before, but in the, this episode and in the one prior, 
she just like even when she pulled the prank with the dress and the tent and the rug or whatever she was like oh well maybe lady svenska needs to learn a lesson instead of Catherine." and she like kind of has her she it's interesting it's very subtle but mm-hmm. georgina's georgina's there for her and i and i think that's gonna pop up later on yeah. um yeah Absolutely. And I, what was your initial question you asked me? <laughs> it was basically, we're just, we're just asking your thoughts on if you, I mean, you you kind of answered it. If you thought that she, that Catherine would go, would go after Georgina or Lady Svenska oh. first. Yeah. So uh, you did, La- yeah. Yeah. Isn't Lady Svenska the one who, who like yelled at Mariel in the first episode? Yes. Yeah. She's the one that's that started the rumor that she slept with a horse. Okay. Yeah. That's Lady Svenska now. is just now. so... Spencer's okay. Yeah. Horrid. Yeah. So yeah, I t- was just at first I was like Georgina, my eyes are on you. So that's why at first I thought that she was mm-hmm. like play a prank on both of them or all of the ladies. So that's why I wanted y'all's opinion. But of course, now that the series is continued, I see why she went for her because yeah. she gets on my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Now let's kind of um, talk a little bit about that ending. Then not like the very ending, but the ending that we get in terms of the ladies of the court where Catherine goes back in and after talking to Peter's aunt, who, you know, we've already talked about how we think that the aunt is on Catherine's side. Mm -hmm. Catherine goes in and she has a new stance and she gets the women to respect her by working out a plan with Marielle where it's like, oh yeah, if you're going to tell me that I've slept with a horse and you're going to do this and talk about my, talk about me behind my back, guess what? Watch what I'm going to do and literally slaps Marielle Tatiana, what did you think of that entire scene? Well played. Well yeah. played. I was like hand clapping um, as I was watching. <laughs> because this, that is exactly what needed to be done. She needed to restore her power um, and literally walk in as the empress, uh, which she hasn't done. And that showed when I think she was talking to the aunt um, when she was like, I don't have a, was that this episode? Yeah, I don't have a episode. voice. Yeah, when I mean, yeah. she was saying that she doesn't have a voice and, and the aunt was like, uh, well, then you have to find one because there's yeah. one there. And even though you can't control, you know, um, who the next patriarch is or whether or not people go to war or stuff like that, there's still so much that you can control uh, to show that you're for the people. And it's like, it's like what Orlo was saying. It's in order to think four or five steps ahead, you have to start with little things first in order to work your way up to the big things, Mm -hmm. which is what exactly, which Mm -hmm. is what he does with his political moves. You know, the whole beard thing wasn't about the beard. It ended up being about, you know, the the freedom to choose. And so I think this is what that is doing. She's laying the foundation to show that she has the authority to make certain decisions and she is only going to build on that. And then this episode, we see this is the first time that she said, I'm Catherine the Great. You know, so she's finding herself. She believes in herself, you know, little by little, more by more. Absolutely. And the thing with that too is, it's like you said, she is realizing that she can't just, she has to go about things in a more, like a, she has to make little progress. Like Orlo, Mm -hmm. he even said with his pamphlets in episode three, that it was going to take a good year to enact Mm -hmm. their plan. And so they understand that a revolution isn't overnight the best laid out revolutions take time to actually establish order. And it's the same idea that Catherine, like it's all about, like even if you look at Game of Thrones, which I know we've mentioned before on the show, but Game of Thrones and Cersei and just the way that people know, people who obtain power, 
they understand that there's a way that you assert your dominance and a way to keep your power once you have it. And it's, it's less like people follow Peter because they essentially choose to follow Peter. We know that he is not a strong fighter. We saw in this at the funeral procession that if that other man who insulted him for weeping, if that man had actually stepped forward and pummeled Peter, Peter would have probably died. It was just the fact that Peter knew to lunge first and knew to fight first. Otherwise, like he's just a person that people could take down. And so it's all about, you know, in any circumstance, even with Catherine, it's about just asserting your power in the room. And so the way that she handled that, I thought was very brilliant. So um, Cody, did you have any other thoughts on that before we move on to our final topic? Um, I absolutely loved how she asserted her dominance in that scene. I thought it was, like Tatiana said, I thought it was beautifully executed and played out. Um, one thing, it's a little, just a little off that I loved, that I literally, I laughed so hard for a good few minutes, was when she goes up to the aunt, or they, they, the aunt and her meet at the party, and they're like, oh, she was like, oh, that was such a good job. And then she was like, how do you just live such a ruralistic, your own life? She's like, it helps that they think I'm mad. And I was like, <laughs> oh. like, she does have that like, that Luna Lovegood vibe to her. Like, I'm just Absolutely. so in my own world. But she, she's not dumb. She's a smart gal. I like her. Yeah. She I knows mean, how she to train. <laughs> she trained a butterfly to land on yeah, her finger and fly out of her mouth. So, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that. So that's cool. She's a, <laughs> She's also survived. That says something yeah. too, the same way they keep, you know, referencing that Orlo has been in court for 10 years. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think she's very smart, um, a survivalist. And that kind of brings us to the next and final topic before we get to our special segments. Let's talk about um, the passing of the patriarch and the arch reverend's vision. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> I am so sorry about Daisy, um, but let, let's talk about this vision. Tatiana, what were your thoughts on just the way that we saw this progress with Peter and determining that it would be Archie who would, you know, decide the next patriarch? I mean, I kind of, I kind of thought it was going to be Archie uh, that he was going to turn to and be like, please just pick for me, you know? Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting too, that he hid from it for so long. Like he literally hid like a little boy and his friend Gregor, who he has, we said, the last episode has this weird parental weird relationship with um had to find him and say you know come on out it's okay i'll help you and then be like his pal and you know poking fun at all these people so and it and the fact that you know these these candidates are professing their their loyalty to him as if he were god and that's yeah. how he's going to choose and i was like wow you know so with seeing all of that, I thought, you know, maybe Archie is the best person for the job because, you know, he wasn't sitting there saying you are God and that's why you should pick me. He said, I see the, the uh, when he looked into his eyes and he said, I see the soul of a king. And since he was on drugs, I can only think that like he was being honest <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> because he was totally out of his mind. And so, um, I, he didn't say that he was God. It made me, it put Archie in a new light for me um, because he, it seems like he honestly has Russia, like Russia's best interest um, as opposed to, you know, himself, which I totally thought he was out for himself in the beginning. 
So I, I, I'm all for him being the next, um, the next patriarch. I'm, I, yeah. I think he would do a really good job because of his whole drug experience. It changed my mind. <laughs> well, and the thing with him is that we've always, like the thing that I've noticed is that you see a man like Archie, let's just call him Archie because, you know. I mean, that's what they call him, yeah. Archie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see a man like Archie and the first episode, I thought he was going to be the main bad guy. I didn't even think yeah. it was going to be Peter. I thought, well, oh, they're he setting- looks crazy. He looks like the bad guy with and- his beard <laughs> and he's always like, hey, and his eyes are beady and stuff, you know. Well, and I think for me, it's that the way that they, the way that periodic, the way that um, like period pieces sometimes portray the religious leader is like, like the bad guy is the mm-hmm. person who's saying, well, because of God, we need to do all these terrible things. That is how I thought they were setting him up. Mm-hmm. And so when they set him up this way, when we're starting to see that he's actually not a bad person and that mm-hmm. he does things that we don't agree with, but that it's kind of more of a gray area. And we see with Marielle that she actually really cares for him. So it's harder to look at him like the bad guy. And I do think that when Catherine saw him and um, was deciding that he was going to be, you know, was basically pretending to be the vision and tell him that he was the next patriarch. I thought that that was very brilliant. Cody, what did you think? Um, I thought I agree with you. It, um, it, one, just to take a step back for a sec, it was when Peter comes in and is like, oh, he's like, I, I should have to make all this responsibility. You have a, go have a vision and, have God tell you what the answer is. And it was just so funny to see Archie, like, because really what he's saying is, Archie, you make the decision and your decision is what's going to echo throughout the ages of whether it was a mistake or not. And I, and that's why Archie was so, had so much pressure on him. He went and ate a bunch of mushrooms. I saw that. I was like, <laughs> you hallucinate so much. But then and, they uh, did that. They used to do that back then to hear yeah. from like a spirit, a higher power, oh, you know, that. they would take drugs to have hallucinations and they thought that it was, you know, the spirits. But I, but I do think that it, Catherine, I, I mean, I guess she went out there intentionally to go find him or maybe it was a, a, by chance. But because she even said like, oh, well, at least he respects me as a human and not doesn't think women yeah. are less than anything else. And so she goes out there and she's like, oh, you're on crazy pills. You do it. It should be <laughs> yeah. you. I'm the angel. You should be the new arch, whatever. <laughs> well, and the thing is that really he was the best choice. This whole episode, they were trying to find someone who would work with her and they weren't going to find that person. I mean, certainly not the person who lit himself on fire. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tori, Tori. Out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, why go if you're just going to light yourself <laughs> yeah. on fire? Yeah. But Tori, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I was actually really happy that it wasn't any of the three candidates. I don't know about y'all, but the minute that they were like, you know, moved to the next round, I wasn't feeling any of them. Everybody looked like they were changing. <laughs> I, I it was like one of them. I thought he was in a disguise. I was just like, no, none of these people are, they're not it. And I was a little concerned because I was like, if they're not it, like, I don't know if Archie technically can do it. I know if that was a conflict of interest. So I was really nervous because none of them were, well, one of them, you know, eliminated himself. So there's that (laughs) the ones that were left I was just like this is I don't see this like I don't see this going well none of them were really giving it to me and even though Catherine kind of interfered and like used herself to tell him to pick himself I thought like you guys said like I thought it was very well played and I think it also showed 
how well this alliance is coming together because I, in my mind, you know, when he was, when Archie was taking the shrooms or whatever he was taking, um, Orlo is the one that walks up behind him. So I'm thinking that like Orlo must've went back and told Catherine, like, I know that he's doing this. Like you said, um, Tatiana, he's probably seen it before because that's what they used anyway. I know that he's about to go into his little situation. I think you should walk up on him and really try to sway him because that would be the most convincing. Like it really wouldn't be convincing if it was Orlo talking to him through the spirit. So I think yeah. it was just really well played on everybody's behalf. And I think we're able to see that when they work together and they actually prioritize this plan, it works in their favor. Yeah, but did absolutely. Orlo actually know that she was going to do that, or or was it, or I'm was not, she acting on her own behalf? I think she sure. was they acting really, like tell us, who, like she just kind of shows up in the woods. Yeah, I didn't understand how she was on the ground, you know, crying and whatnot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was just, I think that's me like putting together the pieces because at first I was like, how did she know that he was going to be in the woods, like where he's at? How did he know? How did she know that he was going to? be on his little trip situation. So I was like, maybe somebody told her. And if somebody told her, it would probably be Orlo. So that was just like me piecing yeah. together. They definitely didn't say like how she knew where to find them or whose plan this was. Yeah, I think that um, I just kind of thought it was implied that, I mean, we don't know for sure, but I thought it was implied that Orlo went back and said something to her and that she that knew, sense. okay, I better go. And I think that she was the one to decide it though. I don't think he told her, um, yeah. but he might have like, you know, implied that he might be in a more vulnerable state for her to go and say something. Plus, what I love about the show is that we have Orlo, who is someone who obviously does not believe in God, and which to me is very interesting to see someone like that during this time period um, to be, to openly speak against religion. And um, so to watch Orlo, I mean, we know this is a satire, um, to me, Orlo reads a little bit like, you know, obviously I, I don't think that someone would be that outspoken back then in this time period, mm -hmm. but as a satire, it's interesting to see the, to, to kind of, you know, feel, the, to, to get a feel of the commentary that they're making on behalf of religion. And so, um, yeah, it's just, I, I appreciate that Orlo was the person that went back and said, hey, like, you know that he's going to think this is a vision if you go and talk to him, um, at least from what we can guess he did. Um, okay, so I think that it's a good time for us to get into our special segments. Mm -hmm. So Tatiana, would you like to lead us into our first segment? Yeah, okay, so special segment, um, you choose. Okay, guys, here's a scenario. I am going to put you in the shoes of um, Lady Svenska. Okay, because I know she's normally a hated character, but if you could just put yourself in her shoes for a minute um, and pretend you are not only holding on to your pride and your status, but also your dignity. And without these, you're basically nothing. And this empress, who you know nothing about, has imposed upon both and has threatened what has taken you a lifetime to build. Now, after this whole dress debacle, it's now a war to claim what you've made or you make peace. Do you start your war plan and trudge on or do you take a peace offering to make less waves? Well, if I'm her and I'm putting myself in her shoes, yes, I'd wage war. <laughs> it wouldn't be a question. If it's me, I'm not waging war. But then if it's me, I'm not doing what Lady Svenska is doing in the first place. Yeah. If I am Lady Svenska, though, yeah, I'd wage war and make her pay. 
good to know. Cody? What do you think? Um, <laughs> I'm like, honestly, don't get on Rachel's bad side. <laughs> I'm trying to put, putting myself in that same position. It just, it's honestly, it's, it's like a turf battle. It's like, if you get an, let's like somebody new comes into the office and they're trying to change the rules on you when you've been working there for 10 plus years you know mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. uh, uh do not come in here and try to change what's happened like i would i honestly i would probably wage war too not necessarily as direct as lady svenska has done it but in our in i i would wage war yeah <laughs> don't but you turn like right like no, that's, <laughs> no, you're, you're on my turf don't come in here and act like this right yeah, but, yeah. No, I she's think, empress i think my plan would be like a combination of both so I would not necessarily wage war like publicly. I would literally, you know, make a peace offering, think that we're all in cahoots, we're all kumbaya. And like the minute that it matters the most, I would like if there was some sort of like thing where the Empress needed support or like a backing up, I would make sure that like none of the ladies backed her up. Like just almost like really blindside her. Like, yeah, we cool, sure, whatever. And then when you need me the most, I'm not going to be there and none of nobody else is going to be there because honestly it's one against like i don't know 15 or 20 of them i don't know how many ladies there are but that's simple math and there's a lot more of me than there are of her and as we see in like this this show the empress doesn't have but so much power and so i would mm -hmm. just kind of assert my dominance that way and i think after that we would have to have a conversation to how to coexist but yeah. that's what i would do i would blind <laughs> that's and tatiana how about you no, I would take the same approach. I would kind of lay side. I wouldn't let her get away with things, but I would um, I would keep the peace until it mattered. And then I would do a, a stealth attack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, so maybe, maybe Lady Svenska isn't that bad, you guys. <laughs> like no. maybe she's just trying to she's hold on to what she has. She's well, got really? a little bit of a heart. Now, she was sad that her husband was leaving, you know? Yeah. She's all, she's all ice. Yeah. Yeah, not completely. Well, all right. Um, let's get to our next segment, which is our news with Tori. So I know that in this scene, we saw, we've seen a lot of um, intimate moments. So actually in an interview with Nicholas Holt and Elle Fanning, Nicholas was talking about the sex scenes that they have in the show. And he actually said they're not that awkward because they know that like each sex scene has a certain purpose and it kind of drives the story along. And he said that the viewers can tell that the sex scenes aren't just there to be there. They're always, there's some ulterior motive. There's some important conversation to be had and that he likes the way the show highlights that. He also said that we're going to get to it in a little bit in one of these episodes where um you know there's a lot of nudity and he's going to be nude and he's like the hallways feel extremely long when you have to walk through the naked so i thought that was hilarious oh my god um, <laughs> so far they've done a good job like carefully placing things mm -hmm. like when he picked up his clothes or when he you know uh, like the chair was chair. right there yeah <laughs> right i literally was like that was, was a clever like, shot strategically placed i liked it i liked it <laughs> Yeah, and they really haven't been, it hasn't been that um, explicit. Like it's been very, they've been very like- um, Tasteful. Like, Tasteful. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, especially yeah. compared to other <laughs> pieces like this. All I'm right. Sorry, that, uh, was, um, um, that was from ET Online. I like escaped me in the page. Awesome. Of but yes, that was from ET Online. Cool. Well, thank you, Tori. Um, with the time that we have left, let's just quickly go around and give our predictions. Um, Tatiana, do you want to start? Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, 
I think prediction wise, I think uh, I think we're going to see Leo and Peter come together more, like you were saying in the beginning, Rachel, um, and they're going to form a bond. And I think that's definitely going to turn off her attraction to Leo because she's going to see him be more like Peter, which is, you know, awful for yeah. her to see, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So I think that will be a little difficult. We're going to see some turbulence in their relationship. And then I think this... Um, I think she's going to work very well. Her and her maid, uh, what's her name? Marielle. Uh, Mar- I was going to say the wrong name. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Marielle, um, I think Marielle is going to play a very specific part since she's so close to Archie. Um, I think that she's going to play a, a, a really significant role in how they're going to enact this plan because it's going to be through her. I don't think that it's necessarily going to be through Catherine. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Cody, what are your predictions for next episode? Um, I'm very interested. My talking has been really bad today. I am very interested to see how um, Archie is in his new position. Um, I do think uh, Catherine's going to have more trouble with the ladies because even though she definitely made a power move today, she... um, like moments later peter was like oh apparently my wife fucked a horse before she got here so da, 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 da. Yeah. he kind of like he kind of yeah. knocked her down a peg when she had like worked so hard to like gain it so um i don't think it, i think she's still gonna struggle with that and then tori what are your predictions um uh, cody kind of changed my prediction because i forgot that peter even said that so i'm not really <laughs> sure like this bond that she has with the ladies i'm not sure how strong it is but if it is strong, my prediction is that we might see an, um, another conversation between Catherine and uh, Georgina and just kind of like see that dynamic. Oh, yeah. I think Georgina might, I'm not sure where her loyalty lies, like if it's more with Peter or Catherine, because I, I feel like I can see that she cares for both, but I'm not sure which one more. But I think definitely, even if it's some insight on just marriage, I think that Catherine and um, Georgina are going to form some type of mutual respect. Maybe not friends, but I think we're going to see something between the two of them in the next episode, maybe. I don't know. So, okay, this is where I stand right now. I, keeping the actual history in mind, I, I have just a really, like, strong feeling that Leo is going to burn Catherine and that this is going to be one of the reasons why she ends no, up becoming bitter. No. So, and I think that that is just going to like, really, if she was not like, you know, if she didn't really believe in love anymore before, I think after this experience, it's going to be done for her. Um, the other thing is that I don't think that, um, yeah, I'm really hoping, well, I think that Leo is going to burn her. I think that Catherine is going to end up, um, I really want her to hook up with Orlo. Like, I want that to be a thing that happens at some point. Um, and then, and then the other <laughs> thing is, um, I, yeah, I know. I, I want it to happen. I, I ship them. I ship the fact that they have all of these, like, intellectual ideologies in common and they seem to be on the same side. So I'm hoping, I mean, I don't know. But um, my last prediction is that I think that Lady Zvenska is actually going to be on Catherine's side eventually. I don't think that this power move is what did it. But I think mm-hmm. that eventually they're going to find a common ground and end up on the same side. Um, yeah. So um, that being said, let's, uh, that about wraps up our show for today. So Tatiana, where can everyone find you? I am at Tatiana Marisa on all social media platforms. Awesome. And Cody? 
Uh, I am on Twitter as Cody underscore Epp and on Instagram as Cody Epp. And Tori, where can everybody find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Tori with two E's and on Instagram at Toxic Model. And like I always say, definitely click around and a lot of us are on different panels of some of your other favorite shows. So you can find us on the YouTube page too. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on my author Instagram account at Rachel Radner author. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow as we discuss the next couple of episodes. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.